Well, hello, 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 and welcome to Sisters You Have Value podcast. I'm your host, Kim Tolliver, and I'm super excited to be here with you today. Happy Friday, happy Friday. This podcast was created for women because we believe in the power of sisterhood and unity, and we strive to build a community where women can share their passions, learn from each other's experiences, and support each other on their journey. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Sisters You Have Value. If you're a new listener, thank you so much for tuning in, and we pray you come back for more. Please give us a like, share, and follow. Tell a friend. If you are a returning listener, thank you so much for being on this awesome journey with us, and we pray you continue to come back. Okay, grab your coffee, tea, drink, whatever it is, you know, the routine, and have a seat, and let's get into it. Happy New Year. Happy Holidays. I pray everything was great for you and you got all the things in your heart desire and you got your resolutions set, not just for January, but for the entire year. And I hope it's a commitment to change and not just a resolution because it's what we've always done so traditionally as what men do. But today I want to talk about something, um, that came to me, you know, I always pray about it. So all of my podcasts are spontaneous. They're never pre-planned. It's just based off of what life brings me through the week and what God leads me to talk about. So this morning, I got a call from a gentleman. I was sitting during my, uh, my prayer time, my devotion, and I received a call from a gentleman who asked my line of work. And, um, he asked if I worked in this particular line of service, and I said yes. And he said he just wanted to get to the point about his 20-year-old daughter. And he said that this young lady was troubled, and she was having some issues. She had been put out of his home, and she goes from house to house, you know, wherever she can get a place to lay her head, relatives, uncle, cousin, you know, whatever. The mother lives in California. So he kind of described the situation to me and what was going on in this young lady's life. And I just told him that it sounded like um, she had CPTSD, that's childhood post-traumatic stress disorder. And a lot of people doesn't understand that, especially in the black community where we have not received help from things. Um, It used to be a taboo, if you will. It was something that black people didn't do. I do not know why. Probably the same reason they never went to the doctor where they go, sit down, ain't nothing wrong with you. <laughs> you know, you could have, your head had to be wide open for your parents to get up and take you to the hospital back in my time <laughs> anyway. But we healed. I'm here. I thank God for Jesus for that. <laughs> but anyway, um, and I told him it just sounded like there was a problem with accountability and responsibility in her life. And he said some things whenever he would talk about that. Um, She would go from zero to 90, as he said in his words. I said, because those are triggers for her. I said, so something happened, daddy issues, something along the way. And I wanted to ask if something had happened to the child by way of abuse. And actually, he let it come out that the mother's boyfriend at one time supposedly molested the child, which is unfortunate. But when you talk about certain behaviors and when you've been doing it for so long, you know the behaviors, you know the triggers that people uh, portray. A lot of times, again, we treat symptoms. We don't treat the problem. We wonder why somebody um, is an alcoholic. You talk about them. 
but they are drowning those sorrows in that bottle. You you wonder why someone is smoking marijuana these days is that loud, which is just as stinky as all get outdoors. Of course, I've never smoked marijuana in my life. Let me put that out there. But a, a lot of times why they're promiscuous, why they are certain things. That's why um, I always said, don't, don't judge. You don't know what they've been through. And there are some things in life that just gets the best of us. And there are some things in life that make these things become a coping mechanism, but it doesn't really treat what's deep down and rooted in us that causes us to be the way we are. So that's why it's so important, people of God, to pray for people instead of judging them and talking about them. Because I promise you, there is nothing that you see in others that is not in the life of your own. We see much in other people. We see nothing in ourselves. And that's the funny part about it. We never see our issues, but we can see everybody else's issues like bam. So anyway, he talked about it. We talked about it for a minute and he asked me, and this is out of the blue because this gentleman works for me on my property. So it was a spontaneous, unexpected call. And he said, I wonder if you can talk to my daughter and um, that she had no stake in me to know who I was. And so I told him that I was off on Monday and he, if he could get her to the house that he's working on for me at this time, that I'd stop by and talk with her. And, and prayerfully, you know, of course, I prayed for the young lady and asked that she be receptive to what the word had to share with her at that time. And I asked God to be able to breathe in me the things that he would have me say to her to try to help change and bring about a change. And that's what we do here on this podcast. And so that conversation prompted me to talk about responsibility, even versus accountability, or just us as parents. How do you teach those adolescents responsibility in their life? How do you get them young? And, and that's the problem. You know, Frederick Douglass said it's easier to raise a child or teach a child than it is a man. And so because once they're there, it's ingrained. It's, you know, my saying, unlearn, relearn, learn. You've put so much in them or you allow so much of the world to, to do social media to raise them. Everybody but you because you're too busy. These are the iPad society. Steve Jobs, again, never let his kids have those things, those phones, those instruments, because they were distractions. And I told you about the millionaire last week that when his children hit six, they have to read 20 pages, six but we are so lackadaisical. We are so about us, your hair, your nails, and everything else that you are raising a generation of savages. And I said it, you are raising these. Well, you're really not raising them. Let me change the, I take that back. Forgive me. You are not raising them at all. They are raising themselves in and of what they see, what they experience. These children experience more than me, Lord, and I, and what's my birthday in eight days, four days, seven days, on the 11th, child. I'll be 53, and some of these girls can outdo me any day of the week, has more experience, and I don't envy them, because that's a sad thing to know that a child has had that many things happen to her or do those unspeakable things because of the environment she has been placed in, because of the lack of parenting that she has had, because of the lack of care and love, but that comes from somewhere. That means you've been broken. So, you know, when we're broken, dysfunctional, it breeds 
brokenness and dysfunctional. And even when we're at our best, it's hard already. But you don't want to add to it by doing nothing. You have to have some kind of accountability for yourself as an adult. And that's why I keep talking about it. That's why these podcasts keep coming. And you have to ask yourself, at what point do I start to tackle accountability versus responsibility with the whole person who is changing and growing right in front of you? They change right before your eyes. And and as that child develops into a teenager, they don't go straight from child to teenager. There's a tween year in between there. My grandson is 13 now. Um, and there's a difference in there. Like infants don't go from zero to 100 to be dependent, you know, to walking. We crawl, we move, we scoot. And then we, we go into these full-fledged things. But, you know, they make little babble sounds before they learn to talk. And the first thing they say is, Dada, I don't understand that, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but anyway, your role in parenthood, especially during those tween years, is to recognize the need of these children and the need they're going to have for more independence. They think they're ready. They think that. And as a parent, you struggle to know, are they really ready to do this, this, this on their own? And some of y'all give them too much grace of it. Y'all give them too many choices. I'm going to let my child decide, you know, and that's the whole transgender world. This this guy put a post up and I said, that y'all can come for me. You know, I don't care because I'm for what's right. And, you know, I am a Christian. So, you know what I believe. But there was a, 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 a TikTok thing the other day that the guy had his son sitting at the table. But the the. The thing at the top said, this is why you never let your child choose his gender. Um, So he said he put two stacks on the table and he said, this is $10,000, son. So you get to choose. So he put the $10,000 on the table. Then he said that one or he, he said, or this fresh bag out of this fresh bag, he put two Oreo cookies down. Now, this child had to be every bit of five or six. He wasn't a young, young child, but looked like six or seven. And so... He put the two cookies. So the boy looked at him. He didn't look at the money. He just looked for a minute, glanced, and he put his hand on the Oreo Oreo cookies. And so the dad put his hand on top and said, are you sure? <laughs> the little boy said, yes. You know, and he picked those cookies up, baby. You know how we roll that cookie open and we start licking the, the, the middle because of the sweet. We know where it's at right there. And that child chose two Oreo cookies. This is why there's wisdom in supposedly in you, not that child, you lead. Now we give them those expressions to be solely themselves as they grow to give them voice, to give them that, uh, that, that ability to not shut them down, to not be who they are and who God has called them to be in this life. There's a difference. There's an inherent difference in allowing a child to make every decision because you have grown into the things of society, into Sparing the rod and spoiling the child into not doing what God has called you to do as a parent to teach these children in their young age so that when they grow up, they don't depart from the things that you've taught them in life. And then they have a balance to know what society is breeding versus what I've been taught at home. But then you prey on these children and you keep them at the forefront. So and, and to say all that, the young man said he wasn't letting the uh, daughter come back to his house because she went to Facebook 
She called him all types of expletives, uh, said all kind of bad things about him, talked about him. And so he asked me, now, would you allow a child to come back? He said, I'm just asking. Now, you don't have to ask me because my answer is no. There is no way in Sam West Nile Hell virus that a child would disrespect me. Not me as a mother. My children, I have two. And they have never talked back to me that when they were coming up in that sense. Because they, they know I'll kick your back out. I'm the one to go to jail for child abuse because you're not going to outdo me. And then y'all want them to turn to savages and then wonder why they look like they, they, they're the way they are because ain't nobody raising them. You don't want anybody to hit your child. Go sit down. You want to go up there. And some of you little raggedy mamas, mammies, y'all will go up to that school and will argue about to fight with the teacher when you know what that child is. It's your child. You see it every day. That's why it's not cute for them to cuss in front of you when they're younger. It's not cute for those children to snap, snap and shake the butt. And, and you got them on Facebook, TikTok and every other talk, talk doing these old nasty dances. You are breeding mess. You are breeding garbage. Instead, get your butt up on Sunday and take them to church so that they can know the way, they can know the truth, the light of who God is in their life, who set them with that precedent to be valued, to be more than that. No, you will let them do everything and think it's cute. Then they start talking back to you. And then they wonder why it's a mural on the wall where it looked like Michael Jordan been through my wall. Y'all know how he does that little hang up with his arm on one side and the other one. I will knock you slap through a wall. Now report that. Of course, my daughter's 37, 38, whatever, 38 this year, I think. And my son's be 26. But I've raised mine, you know, and they are very respectful, very mindful. Do not curse in front of me. We don't sit down and have sessions where you can just openly curse. In front. I don't curse in front of my parents when my mom was here. Even my dad is 75 now. I do not curse in front of my parents. It's a respect factor. And somewhere along the line, when my dear them left, because we 30-year-olds having, we we 35-year-old grandmothers, and you pop, lock, and drop it hard in the club, then your child, you don't have time for that. And then your mother can't do anything with you. Now you're going to breed a whole society of the mess you are. And, and it's, it's a mess. So you have to ask yourself, you, you got to have your role somewhere in there. As you see the push and pull between these children on some days, you know, sometimes they play with toys on other days. They want to hang out with friends on other days. They want to be dropped off somewhere without you. You know, when they get to that destination, uh, my son stopped me at seventh grade. When I went to take him to school, got out the car. Mama, you don't have to come. I was like, oh, it just crushed my little heart. You know, he let me park, turn the car off. But when I got out and, and we met at the back of the car, he said, Mama, you don't have to. Those are the days they take on the ownership of things and like, okay, I can do this by myself and all of that. Kind of like your little child that wants to be independent at one or two. I can do it and they want to push the chair up to the table. They want to sit down and be their own child. They want to feed themselves and things like that. So you have to measure those things and, and opportunities that come. There's an opportunity to show them that he or she is responsible or, or you know, to not... There are some things we let them do as they grow. We learn to have choices. You you do allow choices. You know, chores don't count. You don't choose. Courtney will tell you all day, every day. <laughs> I had to wash dish. I never used my dishwasher in, in my houses, ever. I have one to this day. I don't use it because I wash dishes. 
um, these children have to learn things. How to my, my son rake the yard, mow the yard, both know how to cook because you teach these children these things so that they're not dependent wholly on someone else as they grow. But it also teaches them responsibility. It also teaches them adulthood. It also teaches them other things and ways that they can win. And you also never give them everything that they want. Otherwise, the world is going to poop on them. It, these people are going to come out here with such a uh, culture shock because we have modeled something in our home that is not the same as reality. And that's going to hurt that child more than anything. So you have to watch. And so, but the responsibility versus the accountability simply means your child needs a chance to learn to fail and fail in a safe place where accountability isn't going to cost them much. Not yet. So try to think through what they may be ready for and what they may not be ready for. Don't penalize them if they weren't ready. It's a learning curve, y'all, for both to assess where they are and what they're capable of and where they need help. Have, did you teach your children how to manage a checkbook? Did you teach them how to not be so uh, spending, to, to not be just, you know, everything you get that you go spend so loosely? Did you teach them responsibility on how to pay a bill and things like that? This is why you want to give them measured opportunities to see what they can do. And then practice it now and you prepare your child. You know, and you let him grow finally into that responsibility or independence that let him make some real decisions that you that, that they need to make. And, it, you know, it's one of those things. So you have to think about it and be intentional on it. And you got to ask yourself, what are some household chores, ministry, educational responsibility that you can hang over them to, to bring them up gradually? How can you allow them to make more decisions or be included in more decisions? Now, and then you have to also ask, what is age appropriate? And where would I want my child to be with decision-making and independence in when they enter high school? When COVID hit, my son, of course, you know, they live in Texas. And I admired one thing about him. Um, he was on, this was during that entire year where they were on virtual. And something happened at the school or a question or something. But the one thing the teacher said was, mom, we don't want you guys asking for them. We want the children to develop, to develop social skills where they have that ability to ask for themselves. And, and see like that, those are the things that I love because I was silenced as a child. I didn't have voice or my voice didn't matter. See, I had that same trauma that was built up. That's why it's so easy to recognize because they do the things and emulate the same things that I did. I didn't have that voice, but I had counseling when I got older. Uh, hey, I don't care what, what was black culture then, but for me in my house, we're going to have some semblance of, of, of sanity in here and clarity of mind and spirit and heart. So I pray about it, but I'm also going to seek that counsel and wisdom outside too that I needed as a young adult in my 20s. So he, they give voice already to the children which I think is so amazing and paramount. And some of y'all give too much voice that these children are allowed to make decisions that they should not even be making. You know, so adolescents keep that, you know, when we're young, we want free. I can't wait to argue. I can't wait. And then, you know, teens who learn that there are consequences to the decisions, but they are better prepared for adulthood, y'all, when you make them accountable. And making mistakes is a natural part of it. We still do it now. We haven't all just grown to that. You'll never 
never go where you're like without mistakes, but at least when you have a responsibility to it, you know, and y'all know it's costly. It's going to cost them something. You have to direct yourself and deal with the outcome. I always said, if I make the bed, I got to lay in it because I know what I did and I'm okay with that. So you wonder the last stage of adolescence, 18 to 23, is, is mixed about undertaking those responsibilities of independence. I mean, they want the freedom, but not necessarily, necessarily the answerability to it. You like being your own boss, but you can't handle the fallout. Come on now. The responsibility come with the choice. My dad told me, uh, I, this was in my teens. I was headstrong by 17. Daddy told me, when you get your house, you pay the cost to be the boss. But in my house, you're going to follow my rules. And I never forget. And I turned 18 and I moved down. And he came over one night and he said something. I said, it's my house. I pay the cost to be the boss. But I was able to reciprocate that back. <laughs> but it was a joke and something we said. But you have to understand that there's order everywhere you go. And so even with this child being 20 and she's so acting out in where she is, you still got responsibility because you're still in someone else's home. There's order to things. And then just as a fact of being your parent, there's just a certain level of responsibility biblically that you owe as a Christian that you owe, that you want to do just based off of who you are, you know. So there's freedom in life, but you get to choose, but you got to know with those choices come responsibility. And it's a cost to it. What they say, to whom much is given, much is required, but it costs you something. So you have to be able to uh, push those children. It's like when the eagle stirs his nest. You got to prepare these children for that. You got to prepare them for that, but you have to be a parent. And, and not to disparage this child, and I'm not saying anything about either parent. That's neither here or there because I don't know the situation. But what I do know is looking at this generation that's coming up now. These kids are so disrespectful. These kids are just, you know, some of them are just as savage as the day long. They don't care about life. They don't, they don't care about anything. Um, they just want to live free. They want to have fun. Uh, COVID throw it off half of y'all where you don't even want to go to work. You think you can sit on Facebook and TikTok and, and sell t-shirts and makeup artists and everything else you want to be. And that's good for some who, if that's your calling. But some of y'all are wrecking, uh, wreaking havoc on the social security system because you won't get your butt in there. And those that are dependent on that system got to know that stuff still need to go in. So y'all need to get your butt somewhere in a job because self-employment won't do for some of y'all. You ain't going to last too long out there. And, and COVID is over. So some of y'all need to get back. And the one that get me is, I ain't going nowhere to work for $8. Oh, you talking about right now why you got $0? You too good. Those that barely made it out of high school. Those that dropped out of high school. You better go sit your tail down somewhere and get a job. And y'all need to make them pay them water bills. Or that gas bill or that electric bill. Teach them some responsibility. Not just that cell phone bill because they going to pay that. And then you need to kick them off like insurance, kick them off at 26, kick them off everything. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, and you wonder why these children are the way they are. Parents, you have to get it together. Mothers, you have to be mothers. And there's a lot of single parents that are out there in these homes. And oh, my goodness, we'll talk about that another time about something I saw. But y'all have to raise these children, teach them how to earn money, save money not charge up everything, teach them budget, teach them banking, teach them bill paying, 
you stop teaching them how to braid hair. I mean, and that's good. That's a trade. But teach them some life skills to go along with that. Teach them not to lay on that couch every day. Teach them not to be like you. You get what I'm saying? And get your butt up and be better. Y'all know the, the, the audience that I try to reach. It's not y'all bougie wannabes, <laughs> you fake ladies and stuff, but that's okay. But we uh, some of us are great women. But when you want to make a difference and you want to make a change and God places things on your heart, mind and soul to do, you want to reach out to those who can't do for themselves or those who didn't have those opportunities. We want to make people better. And that's what it's all about, to be better. So even with the children and teaching the children responsibility, we also as parents need to have a responsibility to be more tolerant for the things that goes on in life. Everybody make mistakes again. A mistake is a choice. People would make differently if they could do it over again. That's why they call it hindsight. People don't make mistakes because they want to. They make them because they didn't know any better or didn't think more clearly at the time, although they're all costly. But it's worth the expense if they use it to inform and instruct. A bad mistake can teach a good lesson. And making a mistake is not failing. You ever heard what I say? I say we either win or we learn. It's no losing. I learned a lesson. Not learning from it, though, is failing. It's ignorant to make a mistake, but it is stupid to repeat it. And sometimes people have to repeat the same mistake over and over. That's what they say. What's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing you've always done, expecting a different result. You got to wise up. The smartest people are not those who never make mistakes, y'all. But those who use those mistakes to make better choices the next time around. So I failed with my first child. Okay, do better with your second one. Okay, so that first marriage didn't work. Do better with your second one. But stop and work on you and ask God, where are those things that are inside of you, Lord? Where are those inconsistencies, Lord? Where are those fallacies in my heart, Lord? Help me, shape me, mold me to be the better man and woman of God that you call me to be, to do what's required of me. You have an accountability too, sis. So, you know, you you have to understand that we are in a crisis. We are in a time of crisis. This younger generation, they will hold true to their ideals and, and, and demands on things. And a lot of things have come down to me to a sense of entitlement. They don't want to work. They don't want to work a full 40 hour work week. They, they think that's uh, back in our time. Lord, but the stress levels of us are up. The, the suicide is up. Depression is up. So what's up with that? Why are these young children so troubled in their spirits? Why are these young children, when we were young, baby, we were just put loose, fancy, free, lackadaisical, outside playing, doing all the things that children do. We weren't locked into social media. There's pornography, things that these kids have access to that is so unreasonable to me. And all of y'all have lost your sense of God in your life so you don't fear God so you don't have a particular kind of accountability to anything in this life and these children are following suit you won't get your butt up so they stay in the bed you won't set an example so they are what you are I own two businesses I own a real estate company I was a broker I had a, uh, agents I own a property management company I have almost 20 houses I retired from one job I'm on the next one my daughter successful dental hygienist. She's a realtor. She has her own CMOS company business that she sells CMOS. They emulate. They will be what you become. Us, what they, We live what we learn. We learn what we live. 
Teach them so that they'll be okay in life. You won't be here always to pick up the pieces. You won't be here always to call. These children need what it says, if you give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day. But if you teach him how to fish, he'll eat for a lifetime. Stop enabling these people. Stop taking up for these savages. Those are your children. You're raising that mess. And then you get mad when somebody talk about them. It's embarrassing. They are an embarrassment. And name them something proper. Stop naming these kids Takwanisha. And that sound like a vodka bottle uh, or something like that. Name these children something that they can get a job. Name these children something that they can have some semblance of smartness or something. Now, y'all can come for me for that. But some of this stuff is, is uh, outrageous. <laughs> I know y'all. It's our culture. If it, y'all don't know your culture, if it bitch you hell. Y'all always talk about culture, but y'all don't even study and pick up a book to go learn nothing. Tell please go sit down with that. But anyway, um, I just wanted to take some time <laughs> to pop on and talk to you about how I feel uh, about the sense of accountability, responsibility, looking at this young girl, and I'm praying God give me that measure of strength to be able to minister to her in a way that, you know, she would be receptive of what I have to say to her so that she can be better. And we want what's best for him. And I told him that she would need some counseling. There's a lot of times and things that we need to do and have some extra help. And there are some things that needs intervention. Everything won't work by you just sitting down and go sit down, go do this or do that. You got to understand you came from a broken place. You got to understand that you're dysfunctional. You got to understand that there's some things wrong with you. Whether you admit it or not. But you can't heal what you won't confront. So do your children a favor and sacrifice, y'all. It requires something. It costs something to help these children be children to be better. This is our future. Y'all, this what y'all looking forward to as you get older? Because them little things ain't going to take care of you. They busy. Y'all get in your own world and mind. You don't teach them life skills. You don't teach them family family skills. You don't teach them to love, to support, to take care of. You're in the hospital. They don't even have time to check on you. They're going to text you and actually. <laughs> they going to text you and ask you if you're all right. You be lying on your deathbed. The doctor got to text them little savages to ask what to do with your tail. Y'all better get a clue and stop letting these children just microwave some popcorn and go. It is more to life than that, and that's not God's expected end and what he intended for our lives to be. Help your children be better than what they are today. And if you're a young mother or if you're a mother raising a young child, stop them from anything you see that's out of the ordinary now. And even when I say out of the ordinary, y'all know sometimes the new right is wrong and the new wrong is right. But get a clue and get into the word of God and get into that Holy Spirit and ask it to counsel you and show you what's right. Stop going off what the world say. Y'all just follow anything. Y'all follow any of that mess. They go on there and tell you they did five backwards flips to lose weight, and you're going to go out there and break your... <laughs> you're going to break your neck trying to do five backwards flips, knowing that big girl ain't do no backwards flips to lose that weight. Either she had gastric or something. Y'all stop believing the hype. Y'all just believe anything y'all see on social media. It did not take her one take. It took her 300. Take another one. Oh, I didn't like that one. Take another one. And she filtered it to death that the filter probably went out on and say, I'm so tired of her. Y'all know they got dents and dings and bumps. Stop letting the world show you a different person. Be who you are. Be who God called you to be. You are beautiful inside and out without the BBLs in the back alleys, without the boobs. They will say, 
they will fall. But I pray God in it that we can teach our generation how to be accountable, how to be mindful. If you did it, own it. Um, it's rough, but the truth is better. I don't have to remember the truth, but I certainly got to remember a lie when I lie to myself and say all is well. And just like you, if you're troubled in your spirit and you feel like you failed, if you feel like as a parent you didn't do all that you can, and life can throw us some curves that way where we question it. I have before in my life. Man, did I miss something? I apologize to my children. If, if I was jacked up in my 30s and I didn't pay enough attention to you, you know, forgive me. I was going through too, but it didn't, didn't give me the right to not. And that's why the Bible is clear on marriage. Because we get outside of the will of God and we do things our own way. And then there's a cost to that. But you don't understand what's costing you is costing your generations to come. If you don't break these curses, if you don't stop the foolishness at you, your children will reap all of this mess. Teach them something different. Show them something different. You ought to want to be different. You ought to be tired of living those same, same circumstances. You ought to be tired of getting up looking at the same you every day. You ought to want to strive to be better. Lord, show me something better. Lord, help me. Lord, move in me in such a way. Lord, search my heart. Search my mind. Lord, I don't like what I see when I get, I don't like this me. Lord, make me over. Lord, show me my purpose. Show me your will for my life. He'll do it. All you got to do is listen. He speaks in a still, small voice. But the Bible said, my sheep hear my voice. So you got to belong to him. One, you got to profess him that you believe that he is who he said he is. That he died and he rose and he got up for us. You got to confess that. Do you believe? Do you know it's something bigger than you that can handle all these problems? Do you know? You're not alone out here. Do you know? Greater is in he that's than, 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 than in me than he that's in the world. Do you know it's more with you than it is with him? Y'all are amazing. Women are resilient. We are the matriarchs. We are what makes those homes, homes. Oh, I'm coming for you too, because y'all got to learn to shut y'all mouths. You won't let a man be a man. But we talking about the children today. I'll get to y'all trifling tales another day. But today is about the children. So y'all teach these children, raise these children. Ask God to move in you in such a mighty way to give you those desires of your heart, to forgive you of your sins, to help you be the mother that you need to be to your child and the daughter that you need to be to your parents and the siblings that you need to be to your sisters and brothers. You know, ask God to make you new, make you old. It's a new year, 2024. Don't let it look like 2023, 2022, 2021. Don't let your today look like all of yesterday. You ought to want to be better. Let's strive for better. Let's strive for peace and unity. Let's strive for a better you. I hope it reached somebody, helped somebody. Y'all, you know I love you. You know, I, I do it because it comes from a place of the heart. I do it because I don't like what I see out there. But to God be the glory, we're going to give him all the honor and praise in everything when, when we come out victorious, when those tests come testimonies, when those messes become messages. It's going to do a far greater thing in you. It, it, it costs something. But it's through that fire that you are made. 
You ever noticed that the, the best things that ever happened to you was through a lot of stress and strife? It's that purifying. It's that going through the that, that testing period. How they say nothing worth having is it, it, it's, it's easy, right? It don't come easy. Take responsibility. Raise these children or stop having them. One or the two. Love y'all.